Welcome to Mr. Bait and Switch. Ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Each of these stories is written to reflect on life-giving insights, but you have to figure out what the insight is that will keep you alive. For more information and reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. And now, let's get to our next story. Dead of Winter Written and read by J. Thomas Sparrow Pablo pushed the horizontal handle on the gray door as quietly as he could. He had been crouching behind a table in the back of the warehouse, wearing black coats and belts with handcuffs and guns. Ice agents were rounding up the other undocumented workers. They had Tomas, Mateo, and Esperanza. Pablo knew that he would be next. He slipped out the back door with barely a sound. An ice agent was watching the back of the building, but a huge cluster of overgrown bushes obscured this particular door. It was bitter cold, and four inches of snow had fallen last night. The snow had not made it to the ground under the cover of the evergreens. Pablo heard a voice and saw the agent on the other side of the bushes. Pablo carefully made his way to the far side of the heating exhaust vent. Steam poured out. The warmth of it was somewhat of a comfort for Pablo, but this was clearly another bad day in his 33 years of existence. About five minutes later, the door opened. An agent popped his head out, took a quick look around, and called to the agent on the other side of the bushes, and went back inside. Pablo spied the other agent walking around the corner of the building toward the parking lot. Pablo was pressed up against the brick building, the steam making his body hard to see. He was holding his breath, his bald head against the bricks. He had taken to shaving his head because so much of his hair had fallen out. Three years of constant agony can do that. Now he had to get away. On the other side of the bushes was a lawn, and beyond that, a woods. If he could just get across the snow-covered field into the woods, he could make his way to the side road. From there, he could crisscross his way the two miles to his apartment. He crawled through the bushes to the edge of the lawn. There was no one in sight. Pablo took off running, like he had in his youth when a soccer ball had been kicked in front of him, and he was racing for the winning goal. The lawn was only a hundred yards to the woods, but the snow and ice slowed him down, and it was hard to run in boots. Pablo didn't stop as he entered the woods. He ran for about two minutes, gradually going slower and slower. He kept his hands in his jean pockets, then alternated them for warmth by cupping his hands over his nose, then his ears, then jamming his hands back into his pockets. He finally stopped to catch his breath. Leaning against a huge oak tree, he pulled his shirt up over his head to try to lessen the cold. The temperature was 11 degrees Fahrenheit. His coat was back in the warehouse locker room. His breath billowed 
as it rose up through his shirt into the late afternoon air. As he stood under the shelter of the tree, he heard a familiar voice. You got this, bro. You'll be home before you know it. Keep going. The voice was from his younger brother, Juan. Together they had escaped the gangs in Honduras, traveled through Guatemala and into Mexico, and eventually the United States. In the desert, Juan had died from dehydration. Ever since, Pablo would hear his brother's voice, especially in times of trouble. Pablo started walking again. There was a deep ravine. He headed down the steep slope. He lost his footing and slipped onto his back. He slid in the snow, rolled over a stump, and finally came to a stop as he crashed into a fallen tree. He lay there in the snow for a moment, groaning. He thought of his daughters, Sophia and Mariana. They were three and four years old. He thought of how they had never seen snow, and a happy image came to him of their black hair flying up in the breeze as they slid through the snow. He had never held Sophia and hadn't seen Mariana in three years. Every week he called Isabella his wife and talked to the kids. Every month he sent them money. Every month he did this was another month he and his family survived. The gang members had told him they would kill him if he didn't pay for their protection. How could he pay money he didn't have? Pablo tried the only thing he could think of, which was to come to the United States. He knew he wasn't wanted there. He felt like a hunted criminal, but he managed to earn the money to keep his family alive. Get up. You can't lie in the snow. Yeah, Pablo said out loud. He righted himself and slowly stood up, pushing his hands into his pockets. His fingers were burning. His ears were white from frostbite. His back had snow clinging to it from the fall. Pablo was now in the bottom of the ravine. He thought he was getting close to the road. There was a frozen stream he needed to cross. His foot went through the ice. When he tried to pull it out, his boot got caught, and then his other foot went through. The water wasn't deep, but it was higher than his boots. He managed to get out after a couple of seconds. He had to take off his boots to pour out the water. One of his socks came off. He wrung out the water and went to put his sock back on. His foot was stuck to the ice, just enough so he needed to peel it off with his hands. Now he was up, across the creek, heading toward the road. He didn't actually know where the road was. He had never been in these woods, but he was fairly sure he was headed in the right direction. You're doing good, man. Keep it up. Don't stop walking. Pablo said, Juan, I can't feel my fingers. Keep going, bro. You caught this. Pablo stopped. He saw a thicket of bushes. 
It had a spot where he could see a pile of leaves that didn't have snow on them. He walked over to it. His feet were heavy. They felt like ice blocks. You can't stop. Keep walking, man. You're close to the road. Falling to his knees, Pablo got under the bushes. He tried to cover himself with the leaves, but they were frozen in clumps that wouldn't come off the ground. Lying there, shivering, he closed his eyes. No, you don't. Come on, it's time to go. Pablo heard the voice so clearly that it felt real, like his brother was with him again. He opened his eyes. Now he could see his brother wearing his short sleeve shirt, but it was clean, not like the day Pablo had buried him in it. Juan reached out and put his hand on Pablo's cheek. His hand was warm and comforting, like the desert just after sunset. Juan said, I got you, bro. You're gonna be fine. I'll sit with you a while so that you can rest. Pablo saw his brother sit down. He felt his own head being lifted. And now he was resting in the lap of his brother. Pablo could feel some warmth, like his brother was cupping his hands over his ears. Staring ahead at the thicket of bushes, Pablo noticed his breath misting in the twilight. He saw the leaves on the ground glistening with frost. He became very still. His breathing slowed. In this moment, under the bushes, with his head in the lap of his dead brother, Pablo took his last breath. His final hope was that he would become a comforting voice for Isabella, Mariana, and Sophia. Thanks for listening to Mr. Bait and Switch, ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Remember, to see reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. This podcast is brought to you by Resounding Source Audio.